How's it going, everybody? This is Chris, and uh, the Sunday spinoff continues with a major X lapsed. This is episode four, and uh, oh boy, my voice is just not, uh, <laughs> it ain't here today. Uh, between the allergies and the fact that I've been recording my voice on so many things lately, I uh, my instrument probably needs a little bit of a rest, but uh, can't fit that into the schedule. So let's do it here. Uh, major X number four. Cover date July 2019, written by Rob Liefeld with pencils by Brent Peoples, inks by Adelso Corona, colors by Romulo Fajardo Jr., letters VCs Joe Sabino, edits Bisa White Sabolski, cover price $3.99, and this went on sale May 29th, 2019. And let's get into it. We open in Flashback Land, and it's Traveler's Log number 01993, so 1993. As the essential Major X and McCoy hover over some open waters in the existence. This is thankfully in black and white to inform us that, in fact, it is a flashback, because to be honest, I doubt I'd be quite so sure otherwise. I. You never know when or what is happening in this series, so thank you for the black and white, because that definitely helped. Anywho. They are met by a grizzled, bearded Namor the Submariner and his uh, children, his heirs, Nomar and Laura. They're here to kvetch about how putrid and vile the waters of the existence are. They even go so far to suggest that their people would have been better off taking their chances back at that other place with the Catalyst, who uh, I didn't think we'd ever hear, for, ever hear about again, but here we are. The Accentual reminds uh, Namor that the seas are for, far more hospitable now than they were when they first arrived, and he encourages patience. You know, things will eventually get better and all that jazz. Namor ain't about being patient. After all, his, his people are dying. The Atlanteans want to be returned to the old world where the Catalyst was doing all that crap. Now, the Accentual says that that's not an option at the moment because A, he just doesn't have the power to do it. He's so busy holding this existence together that he doesn't have any power to spare. And B, for all we know, that old world doesn't even exist anymore. We don't know. And I, I'm not sure we, we really care. Namor and his charges leave with some threatening words toward the essential, promising reparations. Which, I, I don't know if that's the word you'd use there, but uh, they used it. Alone, the essential, the Major, and McCoy are left to ponder this present situation. Now, Major X is pretty ticked off by Namor's demands. The essential, uh, he's just hopeful things can come to a peaceable end before something really bad happens to the existence. You know, like the whole place crumbling to bits, which, you know, would never, ever happen. 
We jump back to the present, and it's Traveler's Log 02000, which gives us an idea of what year this is happening in, or at least the era with respect to the sliding timeline. This is probably around the year 2000, because we are pulling from a turn-of-the-century story here with a watchtower, and uh, that's exactly where we are. We're at the watchtower. With Dreadpool, who's no longer wearing an X-Men belt buckle for whatever reason, having taken the Major and McCoy into captivity while the Administrator and Little Essential uh, look on. Now, our heroes are led into another sparse metallic box of a room where they're put before Nomar and Laura. And uh, they want our man, our men actually, extradited to their craft. So we're getting another big word there. Before this can happen, however, Major X is somehow able to punch Dreadpool in the face. Dreadpool responds by firing a shot at our man, and the blast of it just happens to hit the chain between the handcuffs that our major's wearing. So, uh, is it time for a big fight scene? Well, not just yet, but it is coming. Major X grabs Nomar by the throat, accusing him of destroying the existence. Laura then swats the major away. The administrator steps to the front to revisit the terms of his agreement with the Atlanteans. I mean, here's the thing. The Watchtower is a mutant genetic chop shop, so they take bits and pieces of mutant powers and they try to build, I don't know, super mutants or whatever the hell it's going to be. So this administrator, he needs as much unique genetic material as possible. So he wants samples from Nomar and Laura in exchange for handing over the Essential. I thought they wanted McCoy and the Major. I guess they want the Essential. Which, uh, I don't know, doesn't seem like too fair a trade, does it? I mean, some Atlantean DNA for a fellow who can create entire planes of existence? Uh, the administrators, uh, <laughs> I mean, the na- with a name like administrator, you might think he's somewhat of a crude businessman, but uh, looks like uh, maybe not. Maybe not so much. Well, Nomar and Laura agree to the terms, to which old admin is tickled pink that he'll soon be able to breathe and exist underwater. <laughs> Okay, dude, whatever. Well, on the very next page, we get a swerve, bro. Laura and Nomar tell the administrator to go pound sand. He ain't getting their DNA. Then, they unleash the power of... Surf on him. So, is it time to fight now? Yes, folks, it is. The administrator slaps Laura, who attempts to respond in kind, only to realize that... They'd been dealing with a hologram of the admin this whole time, which was still somehow able to physically slap her. I don't think that's how holograms work, but I'm no scientist, at least not in that in that realm. The major produces a gun from somewhere. I don't want and he proceeds to blast Nomar. Then surfs up. Sorry about that. McCoy then also produces, quote, all the guns from, again, from somewhere, and starts firing away. So these two men were just kept... They were they were in chains a minute ago, and here they are with, quote, all the guns. Dreadpool tosses a concussion grenade or a can of Surge or something, which takes down the eel. Nomar then lurges, lunges in to grab the Essential. We find our guys with a bad guy face-off here, Dreadpool and Nomar. Nomar offers Dreadpool a job working on their side. Dreadpool says, uh-uh, no way, never. Which, uh, remember that for a few pages later. He proceeds to fire, with one of his bullets hitting the Accentual's shoulder. So we have a bloody wounded Accentual. The administrator, Hologram, demands his people evacuate the tower while he begins the detonation protocols, because of course there's detonation protocols. 
Dreadpool then fires a bolo shot around Laura's throat, almost killing her. Then Sharkskin barges in to save the princess. Dreadpool responds by harpooning the big guy with his adamantium blade. And somehow, in all this scuffling, McCoy has managed to snap up the essential. So now, Dreadpool rushes over to him amid an absolute torrent of speed lines. Major X intervenes, spearing Deadpool from behind with his body, not with an actual spear. Then we get something of a repeat from the fight from last issue, just a whole lot of punching and trash talk. This time, however, Dreadpool comes out on top. And to add insult to injury, he stomps on that last remaining slider thingy that Cable had given to the Major, so, in theory, now the Major and McCoy are stuck wherever the hell they are now. Laura then offers Dreadpool a job working on their side. Haven't we already been here? Well, I guess not, because Dreadpool's totally cool with it. Uh, he joins up with the Atlanteans, who he just very nearly killed. He ran, a, he ran a damn adamantium sword through one of them and then almost choked the other one out, but they're going to work together. Differences aside, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, or all that garbage. So, the Watchtower begins to crumble. The detonation protocols, or the whatever they were calling it, Dreadpool and the Atlanteans, which would be a pretty awful name for a band, they slide on out, leaving the Major, McCoy, and the Essential to perish in the rubble. Why they didn't grab the Essential? I don't know. I thought that was the whole point. The Atlanteans promise that should the good guys survive, then this score will still need to be settled. But if they die, then the Essential's dead, which I thought they needed the Essential. Okay, okay. Okay. The Major, he recovers, and he notices his newly destroyed slider box thingy, and laments the fact that, well, damn it, now they're stuck here. Oh-ho, not so fast there, Kimasabi. The Essential has other plans. He takes the Major by the hand, and bada-bing, bada-blip, they're out of here. They arrive on Genosha, surrounded by some towering sentinels. We know where they are, but when are they? I suppose that... We'll have to wait until next time, because that is it. So what did we think? What did we think of Major X number four? Well, I can say with 100% certainty that this was another issue of Major X. I mean, this is a, <laughs> I mean, all joking aside, this is a very challenging book to talk about. I mean, I didn't hate it. I didn't even dislike it. But, I mean, what more is there even to say about it? It's just more what we got last issue. Fighting, cringy tough guy talk, and some very convenient out-of-nowhere deals to advance the plot. I mean, I literally just read the thing, and I just I just went through my synopsis with you all here, and I can barely remember anything that happened in it. Yeah, maybe if I was reading this in trade... No, no, I'd probably still be left pretty unsatisfied. So what happened here? What happened in this issue? Okay, well, last issue, we find out that the administrator is really keen on his star pupil, the essential, right? That was the big cliffhanger. The, 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 you know, the star pupil of the administrator is the essential. But here, he's totally cool handing him over to Nomar and Laura. In exchange for an Atlantean buckle swab? Really? I mean, there's no other ways for the admin to procure the ability to breathe underwater? I, I mean, I don't want to hop on this, but his pupil, the essential, his star pupil can make entire realities, right? Shouldn't, like, adding gills to folks be like a piece of cake, rel you know, relative to that? Um, we have Dreadpool, right? Dreadpool's here. He swears he'll never join the Atlanteans. Uh, 
about five minutes before joining the Atlanteans. I don't know. Um, I suppose I can't say that this didn't feel like something I'd have read back in a year one image title. So if we're still playing the Gestalt game, I suppose we can check that one off as a win. You know, it made me feel like I was reading an issue of Brigade. Um, so yeah, cheers. Uh, Dreadpool, he also wasn't depicted with the X-Men belt buckle he was wearing last issue. And I mean, honest and true, how sad is it that this is the most interesting part of the book to me? Even though we could probably all assume that it that its inclusion last issue was just a mistake by Will Spertasio. Right? I mean, uh, leave it to me to get lost in, in, in the scenery here, but, uh... Yeah, I was like, wow, maybe maybe he's from a, uh, a different dimension where he's part of the X-Men, but, uh... No... No, he doesn't have it here. He doesn't have it here. So what else happened? What else happened? Uh, the slider got busted. There's that. Um, and our heroes wind up in Genosha at some point in time. <sighs> you know, the first time we talked about this book, I talked about how fun it was to be taken back, you know, to the early 90s and just uh, not worry about... I mean, for lack of a better term, not worry about things making 100% sense, right? It was just a fun issue, a fun callback. It made me feel like I was a kid again. And uh, here we are, four issues in. And the fact that so little has happened in, really, issues, most of issue two, three, and four, I feel like we're getting, like, the worst of both worlds here. Okay, I mean... 90s comics have a bad rap, right? The early 90s ones especially for being vapid, for being shallow, for being all image, no substance. You know, for for uh, to, to coin a phrase or to, to steal a phrase. So this is vapid, like so many early 90s comics. But it's also decompressed to the gills, like so many current yearbooks. Major X has somehow married the worst aspects of both generations. And I mean, worst of all, it gives us an utterly baffling and yet boring fourth chapter here. I I, I mean, this was just uh, something that people paid $4 for. I don't know. Ah, boy, let's talk about art. Briefly, briefly talk about art. Because we've already discussed Brent Peoples' work. Uh, He did issue two, so we talked about it in episode two. And yeah, I still feel very much the same way now as I did then. I think Peoples is a great artist when he's working in his own style. When he's aping Liefeld, it's not the best use of his talents. I've said it before, I'll say it now, and I'm sure I'll say it again. Rob's style, to me, only works when Rob is the one holding the pencil. I mean, like the guy, hate the guy, whatever whatever your feelings on the guy, I, I think... I don't want to say I think we can all agree because, you know, that's a, a blanket statement and I try not to make those, but there's a certain charm to Rob's work, right? Uh, there's an excitement to it. There's like a rawness to it. But it only it's only there when Rob is the one drawing it. It's missing when other people try and ape him. I mean, we've seen... We're seeing Brent Peoples here. We've seen... Uh, the, the whole crew from uh, from the early image books, the awesome guys, you know, the extreme guys who were doing the Liefeld stuff. We saw some Marvel Silver Age artists try to ape Rob at, at Marvel's behest. Um, we had, uh, you know, Ian Churchill, who was uh, very much a, a Rob Liefeld clone until he started to 
started to go his own way and uh, was much better off for it. I, I feel I feel like the any charm and excitement that comes with Rob's art has to be from Rob and not from uh, someone trying to trying to do Rob, trying to approximate Rob. Overall, the issue was uh, not great, <laughs> not great, uh, not awful. You know, not the worst thing in the world, but kind of just the thing that happened to us, right? I mean, uh, you know, when you, when you hear something and you, and you don't remember it, it's, just, it's in one ear out the other. This is kind of in one eye and out the other. Because, I mean, if you ask me again tomorrow what I thought about this, I'm pretty sure I'll have forgotten that I even read it. This was uh, very, very fluffy. And, uh, yeah, just a... Uh, Really not much more to say than just this was a fluffy issue And uh, (laughs) I can barely remember it as I sit here talking to you right now But if you all can remember it And if you all would like to discuss the exploits of Major X and uh, Robert Liefeld uh, Please feel free to reach out to me You can find me on Twitter at Ace Comics Or via the old Gmail box at weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com you can find show notes, blog posts, and all sorts of stuff at chrisoninfiniteearths.com. You can uh, pop into our Facebook group and talk about 90s X-Men comics at 90s X-Men, which is a, or any X-Men, or the weather. I don't care. You can also find the full audio archives at chrisandreggie.podbean.com. You'll be able to find Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, Weird Comics History, Chris's on Infinite Earths, X-Lapsed, Moratory Mondays, Comics talk, a whole bunch of shows, a whole bunch of hours worth of shows for your uh, for your uh, ready, willing, and able ears, I suppose. But uh, I think that's where we'll put a pin in it today. Thankfully, this was a short one because I don't know that my voice could uh, could make it much longer. <laughs> but uh, fingers crossed, because uh, over on the other show we have a very, very large book to discuss very, very soon, and uh, I might have to gargle with salt water before I start that one because that's that's a biggie. But uh, I think that's where we'll leave it for today. I want to thank you all so much for hanging out on this uh, weird, uh, you know, sideshow Sunday or spin-off Sunday, whatever the hell I'm calling it, uh, for Major X Labs and all the programs. I really, really appreciate you sharing your time with me and uh, and reaching out and all that good stuff. So one last giant thank you, and uh, I will talk to you all again real soon. See ya. Oh